Welcome back once again to the Counter Vortex with your ranter, Bill Weinberg, ranting at you on the evening of June 8th, 2023, as always, from my apartment on Manhattan's Lower East Side, where, as you have doubtless heard, the air is essentially unbreathable, and the sky for the past days has been a dark orange even at noon. It's funny, three summers ago, when San Francisco looked like this, due to the California wildfires, I was like, this is why I live on the East Coast. It might be another decade before things get this bad here. Oops. This time, the wildfires are on the East Coast, largely in the Canadian province of Quebec, definitely heightening my sense of the apocalyptic. And once again, there are a lot of underreported conflicts in places like India and Mexico that I've been wanting to give some attention to on the Counter Vortex podcast, as opposed to the war in Ukraine, which quite deservedly is getting widespread media coverage. But I feel compelled this week to stay focused on Ukraine and discuss the Kakovka Dam disaster, which is certainly in keeping with the zeitgeist of ecological catastrophe. On the morning of June 6th, according to Ukrainian officials, Russian forces deliberately destroyed the Kakovka hydroelectric plant on the Dnipro River, or the Dnieper, as it is known in Russian. The river itself is now the dividing line between Ukrainian-held territory on the right bank and Russian on the left bank. This situation obtains from the river's mouth on the Black Sea to as far north as Zaporizhia Oblast, about 250 kilometers or a third of the way up the river to Kiev. But it is the Russians who have been in control of the dam and the power station since last March. The breaching of the dam has unleashed a torrent, which is now flooding areas downstream, while the emptying of the reservoir behind the dam is depriving upstream communities of water, so civilians at serious risk in both directions, up the river and down the river. The reservoir contained about 18 cubic kilometers of water, about the same volume as the Great Salt Lake of Utah, just by way of comparison. The motive appears to have been heading off the planned Ukrainian counteroffensive into Russian-held territories to prevent Ukrainian forces from fording the river and generally making much of the ground impassable but also throwing Ukrainian society into enough chaos to undermine or effectively cancel the counteroffensive altogether. Moscow, of course, is nonetheless denying responsibility. Dmitry Peskov, chief media mouthpiece for President Vladimir Putin, told reporters that Ukraine had committed a deliberate sabotage, quote-unquote, by shelling the dam. 
and that, quote, responsibility for all consequences lies with the Kiev regime, unquote. We will explore the conflicting claims in more detail later. The downstream flooding places at risk the lives of hundreds of thousands of civilians in approximately 80 cities, towns, and villages, most notably the city of Kherson, which is some 50 kilometers downstream near the river's mouth. And of course, this dramatically aggravates an already dire humanitarian situation in those areas. Efforts are now underway to evacuate civilians within Ukrainian-controlled areas, and there have also been widespread reports of the Russian military shelling evacuees and rescue crews. It should be noted that for many of those being evacuated from Kherson, this is the second time they have faced displacement during this war. Kherson was retaken by Ukrainian forces in December after months in Russian hands. So people who fled the Russian advance last March are now, more than a year later, fleeing the rising waters. These waters may also be carrying landmines and other explosive ordnance. There are already reports that the water has reached Kherson with dead bodies of both humans and animals washing through the city streets. Many villages are already submerged. The deluge is also likely to destroy the canal system that irrigates much of southern Ukraine, both sides of the river. A long-term blow to agriculture in the region, in addition to the fields themselves being flooded. And this, of course, has global impacts, as Ukraine is a major grain exporter, and grain price hikes and shortages have already been seen worldwide as a result of the war. This is now poised to get much worse. Looking at the upstream impacts, the most immediately ominous is that the emptying of the Kakavka Reservoir behind the dam imperils access to critical cooling water for the reactors at the Zaporizhia nuclear power plant, which lies some 150 kilometers upstream. And as we all know, the power plant has been held by Russian forces illegally since early in the war, with the Ukrainian crew of technicians forced to operate the plant at gunpoint under the most unsafe and stressful conditions imaginable. Fortunately, the plant has been shut down since September due to pressure from the International Atomic Energy Agency, but it still needs both electricity and water to keep the coolant pumping into the reactor chambers and prevent the reactors from melting down. And this water came from the Kakavka Reservoir. So the plant has already narrowly avoided disaster due to blackouts and shelling, and now it may be on a countdown to disaster due to a water cutoff. I will note again that with six reactors, this is Europe's largest nuclear plant, so there is the potential for something far worse than what happened at Chernobyl 
1986, where only one out of four reactors went out of control and exploded in what is still the world's worst nuclear disaster. I read a statement from the European Union's Commission for Crisis Management, quote, With this desperate act, Russia is continuing its reckless nuclear gamble by putting at risk the proper functioning of the safety and security systems of the ZNPP, Zaporizhia Nuclear Power Plant, in clear violation of resolutions from the IAEA, International Atomic Energy Agency, Board of Governors, and the General Conference, as well as the principles to ensure nuclear safety and security in the ZNPP by the General Director of the IAEA. It is irresponsible and completely unacceptable. End quote. Okay, a little background here. The dam was built by the Soviets in 1956 with some 2,000 villages forcibly displaced to make way for the reservoir, and it was key to developing the lower Dnipro region, both in terms of irrigation and electrification. It came under Ukrainian control upon Ukrainian independence in 1991, and since then has been run by a Ukrainian state-owned company, Yuk Hydro Energo, if I'm pronouncing it correctly. It was captured by Russia shortly after Moscow's February 2022 invasion and has been held by Russian forces ever since. Interestingly, last October, as Ukraine was launching its offensive on occupied Kherson, President Vladimir Zelensky warned that Russia was preparing to blow up the dam and, in fact, had already planted it with explosives. Zelensky said at that time, quote, destroying the dam would mean an historical disaster, end quote. He also said that the attack was being planned as a false flag operation, quote unquote, to blame it on Ukraine. This is online. It was reported by both the Kiev Independent and the New York Times. On October 21st of last year, you can just Google it up. And Zelensky, just now, since the current disaster, said in a statement released on social media, quote, Russia has been controlling the dam and the entire Kakavka HPP, hydroelectric power plant, for more than a year. It is physically impossible to blow it up somehow from the outside by shelling. It was mined by the Russian occupiers and they blew it up. Russia has detonated a bomb of mass environmental destruction. This is the largest man-made environmental disaster in Europe in decades, end quote. The Ukrainian military's Southern Operational Command has officially found that the dam was destroyed by Russian forces. More specifically, Ukrainian National Security and Defense Council Secretary Oleksiy Danilov said that it was blown up by Russia's 205th Motorized Rifle Brigade. Yuk Hydro Energo, the state company which formerly controlled the plant, has confirmed that the explosion took place within the engine room of the hydroelectric station. In contrast, Volodymyr Leontiev, 
the Russian-installed proxy authority, or so-called mayor, in the local town of Nova Kakovka, claimed that multiple artillery strikes from the Ukrainian side hit the plant, causing the disaster. What are we to make of these contradictory claims? Well, interestingly, water from the reservoir also supplied the Crimean Peninsula to the south, which has been in Russian hands for nine years now. Water was cut off by Ukraine to Crimea after the peninsula was seized by Russia in 2014, causing a severe shortage in the territory, which was forced to rely exclusively on local groundwater. But the flow of Dnipro water to the peninsula was restored after southeast Ukraine was taken by Russia in March 2022. So now Crimea could again be going dry. This would appear to be evidence that Russia wasn't behind the attack, as it will badly impact territory that they, the Russians, illegally hold. However, all too typically, while Moscow's official statements for foreign consumption are all denying being behind the attack, Russia's online internal propaganda organs are bragging about it. The Wagner Group, notorious Russian mercenary force that has thousands of troops in Ukraine, just put out the following charming text on the Telegram instant messaging app. I quote from what I got when I put the Russian text into Google Translate, quote, Why is the situation with the explosion of the dam at Kakavka HPP, hydroelectric power plant, so beautiful. I explain. In this war, we will always have one trump card that can be used against the Ukrainians. And it's not even a nuclear weapon. This is the dam of the Kiev Reservoir, a small, thin bridge which holds back millions of tons of water, which will instantly pour into Kiev and wash these Augean stables down the drain. The dam is old, rotten, rusty. You don't need many missiles. Hundreds of thousands of Kievans, especially those who live on the low left bank, are likely to die instantly. Kiev will never recover from this catastrophe. I'm sure this dam is a time bomb whose timer has already started ticking. Thanks to the USSR for this Trump card up our sleeve. End quote. Okay, the Kiev Reservoir is behind the Kiev Dam, built in the 1960s and immediately upstream from Ukraine's capital, about 800 kilometers upstream from the Kakavka Dam. So its destruction could destroy the city of Kiev. Augean stables is a reference from Greek mythology, now generally used to refer to a place or situation where there is a lot of dishonest or illicit behavior. The original reference was to very large and filthy stables that Hercules was ordered to clean as one of his famous labors. 
and he did it in mere minutes by diverting the flow of a river through them. Interesting. So, that's a pretty blatant admission that the Russians did it. And uh, here's more circumstantial evidence, at least, pointing to Russia. Exactly one week before the Kakavka Dam was blown up, on May 31st, Russian authorities issued a diktat stating that accidents at hazardous facilities, and quite specifically dams, would not be investigated for four and a half years. Resolution number 87, signed by Russian Prime Minister Mikhail Mishustin, was apparently entitled, quote, on the specifics of applying the provisions of the legislation of the Russian Federation in the field of industrial safety at hazardous production facilities and ensuring the safety of hydraulic structures in the territories of the Donetsk People's Republic, Luhansk People's Republic, Zaporizhia Oblast, and Kherson Oblast, unquote. I quote from the text of the document, quote, until 1 January 2028, technical investigations shall not be carried out into accidents at hazardous production facilities and accidents at hydraulic structures that occur as a result of military operations, sabotage, or acts of terrorism, unquote. And Kakovka is in this designated territory within Kherson Oblast, one of the four Ukrainian oblasts illegally claimed as annexed territory by Russia. So, that's again very interesting, very convenient. Declare a four-year moratorium on investigation of disasters at hydroelectric plants, and then just seven days later, the Kakavka Dam blows. Just saying. Finally, I'm going to quote what the critical Linux Beach blog has to say on the question of culpability in a comment entitled, quote, Russia never committed a war crime it didn't deny. <laughs> they write, quote, so Russia denies blowing up the Kakavka Dam the same way they denied any intention of invading Ukraine in February 2022, and said Joe Biden was lying about them up until the point their tanks crossed the border. The same way they claimed the little green men that invaded Crimea and Donbass in 2014 weren't Russian soldiers. The same way they denied the downing of Malaysia Airlines Flight 17 and the murder of the Shripals with Novichok, the same way they deny bombing hospitals and targeting civilians. Russia never committed a war crime it didn't deny. End quote. And if you don't get all the references in that paragraph, you haven't been paying attention to the Ukraine conflict over the past nine years, and you can Google them. I can't explain everything. I'll also point out that there is precedent for war crimes of precisely this nature within Ukraine during World War II. In August 1941, Soviet forces destroyed the Dnipro hydroelectric plant and dam upstream from 
Kakavka in Zaporizhia Oblast to thwart the German advance, killing thousands of civilians in the process. The Germans eventually rebuilt the dam, only to destroy it again themselves as they retreated from the area before the Red Army advance in September 1943. So the Dnipro Dam, built in 1932, was destroyed twice in the Second World War. Okay, let's talk about the legal implications of all this. There are two applicable articles of the Additional Protocols to the Geneva Conventions, appended to the 1949 Conventions in the post-Vietnam Reckoning in 1977. Article 56 of Additional Protocol 1 addresses attacks on structures containing dangerous forces, such as dams. I quote, quote, Protection of works and installations containing dangerous forces. One, works or installations containing dangerous forces, namely dams, dikes, and nuclear electrical generating stations, shall not be made the object of attack, even where these objects are military objectives. If such attack may cause the release of dangerous forces, and consequent severe losses among the civilian population, end quote. To make it doubly clear, it adds, quote, other military objectives located at or in the vicinity of these works or installations shall not be made the object of attack. If such attack may cause the release of dangerous forces from the works or installations and consequent severe losses among the civilian population, end quote. I will also note Article 85 of Additional Protocol 1, Section 3 reads, quote, The following acts shall be regarded as grave breaches of this protocol when committed willfully in violation of the relevant provisions of this protocol and causing death or serious injury to body or health. A making the civilian population or individual civilians the object of attack, b. launching an indiscriminate attack affecting the civilian population or civilian objects in the knowledge that such attack will cause excessive loss of life, injury to civilians, or damage to civilian objects, c. launching an attack against works or installations containing dangerous forces, in the knowledge that such attack will cause excessive loss of life, injury to civilians, or damage to civilian objects, end quote. And finally, I'm going to point out that just two years ago, in June 2021, after six months of deliberation, a panel of 12 independent legal experts from across the globe unveiled a working definition of ecocide that they called to be adopted by the International Criminal Court, ICC. The panel was organized by the Stop Ecocide Foundation, whose stated focus is facilitating the adoption of ecocide as a recognized international crime by the ICC in order to 
Protect Future Life on Earth. The panel recommends adding a new section on the crime of ecocide to Article 5 of the Rome Statute, the governing treaty of the ICC, with the following definition, quote, For the purpose of this statute, ecocide means unlawful or wanton acts committed with knowledge that there is a substantial likelihood of severe and either widespread or long-term damage to the environment being caused by those acts, unquote. So clearly, we are now witnessing an act of intentional ecocide in southeast Ukraine. And just as international legal bodies are moving toward official recognition of such acts as war crimes. So certainly a grimly important test case that urgently mandates an investigation and prosecution, as well as urgent aid to the stricken areas, and unanimous international pressure, including a complete economic embargo on Russia to withdraw from Ukrainian territory, including all illegally annexed territories, and to return to its legal borders. It is a stain on humanity that this unanimous international pressure, including a complete economic embargo, is still lacking more than a year into this horrific conflict. But no matter what happens, we will be closely watching here on The Counter Vortex. This has been Bill Weinberg with The Counter Vortex. Check us out online at countervortex.org, where everything I've been ranting about tonight is fastidiously hyperlinked and documented. Please support us on Patreon. I will just say once again that uh, over the past weeks, we have happily reached our minimum and very modest goal of $100 per podcast. In fact, we're up to $104 per podcast. So a big thank you to our new subscribers. If you are not one of them, please become one of them. Counter Vortex is not promoted by Russian or any state media. We are a shoestring, homespun operation. These didactic rants that I offer weekly require lots of research, as perhaps you have noticed. Research requires time. Time is money. I'm a struggling freelance writer. Please help us stay afloat with just one-seventh, less than one-seventh of the federal minimum hourly wage per week. Patreon.com slash countervortex. Join the countervortex. Join the resistance and rant on you next time.